You're listening to a podcast from Genesis Church in Phoenix, Arizona. You can find out more about Genesis Church at genesis-church.com. Thanks for listening. Uh, well, as I mentioned, we're continuing in this series, Acts. And I, as I studied my passage for this week, I got to thinking about something that I um, I used to use a lot when I was a kid. I'm a child of the 80s, so I was born in 79, and then I grew up in the 80s. And during that time period, in the, the late 80s, you know, early 90s, there were these books that I just loved to read, and they were called Choose Your Own Adventure Books. Yes! Somebody's very excited about that. Uh, and uh, maybe you're familiar with them. They were extremely popular where, when I was young. Now, if you're not aware of what they are, the premise of each book was fairly simple. You would get a book um, that had a title like The Mystery of Chimney Rock or The House of Danger, and it started this simple narrative, right? And then, eventually, the book would give you a choice as to what you wanted to do next, how you wanted the story to continue. And so, for instance, in the book The Mystery of Chimney Rock, uh, you would actually, you got to this old house that happened to be haunted. You didn't know it at the time. And you had to make a choice. Are you going to go inside the house or are you going to turn and walk away? And of course, you got to go inside the house, right? You got to figure out what's going to happen next. And then once you got in the door, then, you know, it would give you more choices along the way until the story ended. And it had multiple endings. So you weren't quite sure what was going to happen in each book. And so you could read them multiple times and experience a different story each time you read it, just depending on how you chose your way through the book. You choose one way, you'll survive the haunted house, for instance. Choose another way, and you and your, your friends get in some hairy situations, and it gets exciting. Now, I bring this up because it's sort of like, uh, life is sort of like a choose-your-own-adventure book, right? In fact, you, you could probably trace over the course of your life and identify choices that you have made that have changed the trajectory of your story. In some cases, those choices were good, and in other cases, well, not so much, right? Either way, how you chose impacted your future. We, we are, in many ways, living our very own choose-your-own-adventure story. Uh, back in 2003, I had a, a big choice to make, and the choice was, do I choose to ask Kristen to marry me or do I choose to cut bait and allow us to go our separate ways? Now, it wasn't much of a choice, I'll be honest, because I loved her. I wanted to spend the rest of her, my life with her. But should I have chosen a different choice? I mean, my story, her story, would have been very different than what has been written. And these are the kinds of choices we make all throughout life, starting at a very young age. And as you examine your own life, I'm sure you can identify points along that line, that spectrum of life, no matter how young or old you may be, that greatly impacted the story written with your life. Choices about relationships, choices about education, choices about employment or vacations or purchases or lifestyle. All of these choices have brought you to the place that you are today. Good or bad, they have brought you to where you are today. I've heard it said, maybe you have too, you are the sum total of your choices, right? And, and it's simple, though it may seem, there's a lot of truth to that. 
that, that we, our stories are the sum total of the choices that we've made. And so as we come to our passage in the book of Acts today, uh, we, like the thousands of people in Jerusalem at the time in the first century when this is happening, they become faced with the choice. And it is a choice that has the power to change the trajectory of their lives and our lives now and into eternity. So if you have your Bible, open it up to Acts chapter 2. If not, go ahead and download or open up your Version app and follow along with everything there. Again, go to More and then Events. Genesis Church should pop up. Just click it and all of our reading for today will be there. Great way to just stay connected to the passage as we go through it. Now, as I mentioned earlier, we are working our way through the book of Acts. It's one of the larger books in the New Testament, 28 chapters long. It's the second longest book, uh, only second to Luke, the author's prequel, the Gospel of Luke, which is a bit longer. And up until this point, we have seen Jesus ascend back to heaven right after he gives instructions to his first followers, right, to, to be uh, his witnesses throughout the world, to wait for the Holy Spirit to come. And we started to see what happens when the Holy Spirit comes and how this mission that Jesus sets them on is going to start to creep out into the world. And then last week we looked as Peter steps out into the streets of Jerusalem, which are filled with tens of thousands of people who are there for the festival of Pentecost, from all around the world, the known world, the Roman Empire, they've gathered for this festival. And Peter steps out into the crowd and he begins to tell them the story of Jesus. And he preaches for a while. And you go back and you can listen to that message or read through his preaching. And he's, he's connecting the dots for them. They're all Jews, so they know the Old Testament. He's connecting the dots between the Old Testament prophecies and the truth of who Jesus is and why he came to earth and, and what he came to do. And then, at the very end of his preaching, his statement, he gives this sentence. He says in Acts chapter 2, verse 36, he says, So let everyone in Israel know for certain that God has made this Jesus whom you crucified to be both Lord and Messiah. In one statement, he says, Listen, you missed it. Jesus, he is the Lord and the Messiah that you've been looking for, the Savior and the leader of your life. Know for certain that God has made this possible. Now the crowd is, in, you know, Luke kind of talks about this. They're in awe of what's going on. You got people speaking in their own native languages and telling them about Jesus and they're like, what is going on here? And the Holy Spirit is moving through the story that's being told. And so as Peter says these final words, there's almost like this hush over the crowd, you can imagine. And then Luke writes this about what happens next. Verse 37 says, Peter's words pierced their hearts. And they said to him and to the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? What should we do? I mean, the, the story of Jesus, it cut to the very core of who they are. This, this amazing story of this man who lived and he died for their sins and he resurrected and he ascended into heaven, it cut to the very foundation of their lives. And they ask, what do we do now? What do we do with this information? What do we do with Jesus? Now, you may not know this, because Jesus has been sort of pop-culturalized in our world. But Jesus, he is not like, he's not a little bit, he's not ambivalent at all. 
Jesus, he makes some claims in the scriptures that are very black and white. And the reality is, what these people understand as they hear this story is that when they ask the question, what do we do now, they realize that the story of Jesus demands a choice. The story of Jesus demands a choice. One way or another, when you hear the story of Jesus, you will make a choice. It's unavoidable. It demands a choice. And the listeners in the first century hear the story of Jesus, and they're given a choice. They can either walk away and continue on with the story they've been living, or they can listen as Peter tells them what it means for them to choose Jesus. What do I have to do now, they ask. And Jesus, or excuse me, Peter, gives them the answer. I mean, they've come to this point in the story where the adventure they're in is asking, choose Jesus or walk away. And should they choose Jesus, the story will instruct them to do a few things. So Peter answers the question, what, what do we have to do? Okay, this demands a choice on our part. If we choose Jesus, what does that mean? And, and Peter starts by beginning with, when you choose Jesus, you choose a new direction. The first thing you're going to do is choose a new direction. Peter says in verse 38, Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God. A life lived apart from Jesus is actually headed in the direction of sin. It's writing a story that is contrary to the way in which God intended. But the story of Jesus gives us a choice to head in a new direction. It gives us the choice to turn away from the direction we've been going towards sin and instead turn towards God. And that word repent, it literally means to turn and go the other direction. Peter is answering the question of what to do by telling them the first thing you have to do is choose a new direction. You've been going this way your whole life, but the reality and the story of Jesus, it demands a choice for you to go a different direction. They must choose to turn from a life going in the direction of sin to a life going in the direction of God. Now let's just get real for a minute, okay? The Bible makes it very clear that all of us, all of us, even you, yes you, have sinned, okay? We've all sinned. We, we've all been down that path going the wrong direction. And our natural inclination, in fact, is not heading towards God, but heading towards sin. It's why our world is so broken. It's why our relationships are so tense and broken. Not because we're all heading in the direction of God, but because we're heading in the direction of sin. And listen, being a nice person doesn't exempt you from being a sinner either. I mean, you, you could be the nicest person in the world. And the Bible says you, you still are heading towards sin. It's part of human nature. And all of the problems in our world are the direct or indirect result of our own sin. It's why Peter says, you put Jesus on the cross. It was your sin that put him there. 
And he willingly went there, but let's not be fooled. It is our sin, our rebellion against God, our desire to want to go a different direction that put Jesus there. And Peter says, you got to turn and go a different direction. God created this world to function in a certain way, and well, we've kind of jacked it up. It's time for us to go a different direction. But And thank God there's a but here, okay? Because God loves us so much that he would send Jesus to come to bear the weight of our sin, to forgive us, to give us the opportunity to turn and go in the new direction. You know, sometimes people hear the word repent and they're like, ooh, that sounds bad. No, this is a good thing. Repentance is a good thing. It gives us the opportunity to turn from this direction that is ultimately leading to death. You know, physical death, but spiritual death as well, and head towards our God, our Creator, and eternal life. Peter says, You know what? You want to know what to do? The first thing you got to do is you got to choose a new direction. You got to choose a new direction, turn from sin, and turn to God. Additionally, he goes on and he says, Choosing Jesus will also mean you must choose a new identity. Verse 38 goes on. It says again, Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Peter says, listen, choose a new direction and then choose to be baptized. And baptism isn't just about getting wet. Okay, There's much more going on there. Baptism ultimately is a mark of identity. This is now who I am. The the Apostle Paul says in Romans 6, verse 4, he says, For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we may also live new lives. In other words, when we're baptized by immersion, we, we are lowered into the water as a way of identifying with the death of Jesus, putting to death the sin in our lives, turning from this old life that we have lived and going a new direction. And when we're raised up out of the water, we identify with Jesus' resurrection, giving us a new identity wrapped up in him, leading us into a new life. Baptism, I always say, is an outward expression of an inward commitment. And it marks us as people who belong to and have an identity in Jesus. You know, choosing Jesus doesn't just give us new things to do, but it gives us a new way to be. This is who we are. Every choice and every action from that point on is not birthed out of an identity dominated by sin, but an identity wrapped in the person and work of Jesus. Choosing a new identity in Jesus it leads us to greater freedom, freedom from sin, freedom from shame. It frees us from the bondage of our past and frees us to live courageously into the future. This is what Paul says about choosing Jesus in 2 Corinthians verse 5. He says, this means, when you choose Jesus, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person, a new, not, not a revitalized person, a new person person. The old life is gone. That old identity that you had wrapped up in sin and shame and the the bondage of your past, that old identity, it's gone. And a new life has begun. 
you identity you identify with your creator now you walk with your creator now most of life is spent searching for identity and we search for it everywhere we search for it in our relationships in our sexuality in our careers our educations our politics i mean you name it and we will attempt to attach our identities to it but the story of jesus gives us a choice to have our identity placed in him correctly placed in the creator of this world and when our identity who we are everything that we are uh, is placed in him it says that that old life that has caused us so much pain and anguish and shame it's gone and a new life has begun listen it is possible that even right now you're just trying to figure out who you are you're just trying to figure out who you are and you have looked everywhere I've been there in my early 20s, early late teen years. I was right there trying to figure out who in the world am I. And I'll tell you this. It was one of the most exhausting experiences of my life. You, you can look under every rock and in every corner of this world, and you will not be satisfied with who you are until you choose a new identity in Christ. It's the only place where you'll find satisfaction and and fulfillment in who you are. It's the only place where you'll be at rest as to how you have been created and the ways in which God has shaped you. When you surrender to Jesus and allow him to shape who you are, then and only then will you find what you're truly looking for. And then, Peter says, and only then, when you're baptized, the old life is gone, the new life has come, then you'll know what to do. I have a really good friend, pastor friend of mine, and he has always said, and I'd say it all the time, he would always say, listen, when you know who you are, then you'll know what to do. When you know who you are, then you'll know what to do. When you know that you are in Christ, that your identity is in him, You'll know what to do. And Peter finishes then this section by giving them one last thing to choose when they choose Jesus. He says, when you choose Jesus, you choose a new direction, you choose a new identity, but you also choose a new power. Peter says to those listening in verse 38 and 39, then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This is the promise your choices of a new direction and a new identity, well, you're also choosing a new power. He says, this promise is to you, to your children, and to those far away, all who have been called by the Lord our God. Where once we were powered by our weak and sinful selves, choosing Jesus means we are now powered by the same Spirit that rose him from the dead. Choosing Jesus means we are powered by the same Spirit who was there at creation, hovering over the nothingness of this world. He has empowered God's people for centuries, millennia, since the very beginning. That same Spirit that caused the first followers to walk into the streets of Jerusalem, scared for their lives, and speak foreign languages, so those who were there could understand the story of Jesus. That same spirit, you choose when you choose Jesus. 
It lives in you. Paul writes about this power of the Spirit in Romans chapter 8. It says, The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. When you choose Jesus, you choose a new power. That's why Paul can say, look, even in my weaknesses, he's strong. It's not under my power, it's under the power of the Holy Spirit living in me. Because when I chose Jesus, I chose a new direction and a new identity and a new power that fuels my life. It helps me navigate the difficulty of this life. It brings dead things back to life. This is what the Spirit does in our lives. So the only question you have to answer today, as you consider what Peter said to those very first listeners in Jerusalem, is what adventure will you choose? What adventure will you choose? Because you have a choice. The story of Jesus, it demands a choice. Will you choose Jesus or will you choose a life headed towards sin, identified by the things of this world and powered by the, your weakness? Or will you choose the adventure of a life headed in a new direction, wrapped in a new identity, empowered by the Spirit of God? The reality of Jesus demands a choice. Which choice will you make? Now, fortunately, for those who are listening... Many of those who are listening in the first century, a choice was made. Verse 40 and 41, it says, Then Peter continued preaching for a long time, strongly urging all of his listeners, save yourselves from this crooked generation. Verse 41, Those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day, about 3,000 in all. Now here's the thing. 3,000 people made a choice. They chose choose a new direction and choose a new identity, choose the Spirit of God to live among them. But there were way more than 3,000 people in that crowd. There were a lot more people who decided, no, I'm going to keep going with my life. And I don't know what happened. I'd like to think at some point they made that choice to follow Jesus. And we could celebrate the fact that 3,000 people made that choice to choose the story of Jesus, people whose lives were changed, thousands of changed lives. On that day, they chose Jesus, and nothing was ever the same for them. They chose the adventure of their lives by choosing Jesus, and in the coming weeks and months, and we will see as we go through the book of Acts, how that choice impacted their lives, and how that choice impacted the lives of millions and millions and millions of people to come, including us. Like Peter in the first century church, we carry a similar vision. We want to see changed lives. We know the power of what happens when people choose Jesus. And we want to see people choose Jesus so they can experience the adventure of a new direction and a new identity and a new power in their life. And so we create space on Sunday mornings and throughout the week for us to be reminded first of all, of the choice that many of us have already made and also give an opportunity for other people, maybe you today, to make a choice. To make a choice. So this morning, I want us to do that. 
I mean, if you have chosen Jesus and you've been following Jesus, I just want to give you some space this morning to consider the story you're writing with your life right now. I want there to be an opportunity for you to consider, am I heading in the direction toward God? Have I lost sight of the identity that I have in Jesus? Have I truly tapped into the power that lives in me? The reality of Jesus gives us a choice each day for those things to be true of who we are. Do you need to choose a new direction? Do you need to choose your identity again? Do you need to choose to be powered by the Holy Spirit? And here's the other thing. If you have yet to choose Jesus like Peter did for the first listeners, I want to give you that choice today. The Bible says that when we believe in our hearts that Jesus is Lord and Savior, and we confess with our mouth that we believe in him, that we are saved, that we are given a new direction, a new identity, and a new power, I want to give you that opportunity this morning because the reality of Jesus demands a choice. Choose him, and you will find life. Let's pray. Father, you have you've led Jesus into our midst out of love and grace and mercy. That in the midst of our struggling and in the midst of our sin, in the midst of our rebellion, God, that you gave Jesus to us. And so this morning, I just pray that that choice that you gave to those who are the very first listeners would be apparent in this room. I know many of us have walked in here this morning and we have realized that we've been choosing a wrong direction. We've we've forgotten the identity that we have in you. We've not tapped into the spirit that lives in us for the power that we need in this life. And so Jesus, I ask that you would you would us, that you would give us what we need to make a new choice today. And for those of you who may be here this morning who have never made that choice, now is the time to experience a changed life, to move forward with hope. Again, the Bible says, if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that he is Lord and Savior, You will be given a new identity. You'll be put on a new direction. You'll be given the power of the Holy Spirit. And so I invite you to make that choice right now. That today would be a new day. God, we are grateful for sending your son Jesus. We are grateful for his sacrifice. We're grateful for Peter his courage to stand and to spark this movement that would go on for centuries and centuries, leading even us today. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.